so hope you guys are all doing really well. Um, I thought it was a good day to do a podcast. I'm sure there's a lot of people racing marathons either soon, as in what day is it Wednesday? Gosh, you could be like four days away from your marathon. Um, that's London, Belfast, and then, you know, a whole lot of marathons coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. Manchester, you know, Boston for myself, um, Rotterdam, etc., etc. There's there's quite a lot going on. So um, it's really nice. I'm sitting now in the altitude tent in the living room, which, you know, it is quite funny. Like, in, in all seriousness, like, who the fuck builds a tent in their living room? But But actually... I quite like it. It feels. I actually took it down, and then now I've put it up again, and I only took it down for a few days. And of course, the living room looked a lot better and a lot more space. And but it's amazing how much I think we actually like just simple life. This is kind of like simple life. Like you just come back from training, and um, I'm I'm looking at the. The oxygen reader right now says 15.6%. Um, I think that's around about, probably about 8,000 feet of altitude. Um, which is kind of enough to, um, I'm actually bringing it down a little bit. It was at like 10,000, 12,000 and, or 10 to 12 I suppose you could say. And that sits at about 14.2%. Um, but I guess I felt like I was getting a little bit greedy. Um, I think if I'm honest, something that I've learned is, and I've, I've sort of, you guys are going to understand this quite well. I think part of the issue with, and I'm going to call myself a, a Westerner versus like, let's say an African or, um, you know, like Kenyans, Ethiopians, Ugandans, um, basically the athletes that are, um, cleaning up our sport. I'm just getting comfortable in my chair. Um, basically, I, I've noticed that one of the things we seem to do is is focus a lot of our attention, um, stress, and energy. And I'll give an example of that. But I, I think we focus a lot of our attention, a lot of our energy, and a lot of our efforts um, into trying to gain all the little percents. You know, like it, it could be the not point ones. It could be the the half a percent. It could be the one percent, etc., etc. And and it could be that you, you know, get your manuka honey, um, antiallergenic sheets, um, have a air purifier, dehumidifier, altitude tent in the living room, um, all the essentially all the little little things all the little details that help um performance normatex epsom baths um all all these little things but but often we neglect the like i did for the olympics you neglect the fucking excuse my language the the 95% the bulk of your performance on race day comes down to how much training you did um you know, you're you're essentially a sum. You're a sum of all your training, but of course, you're a sum of the full package. So the the one percent and the not point ones and the not point twos. Nobody's nobody's suggesting not to do them. 
But if you're putting effort and energy and stress and all this kind of stuff on these 0.1s, 0.2s, ice baths, etc., etc., you're putting all this time and energy into those and you neglect the actual running, there's going to be someone out there who invested much less, perhaps, time, energy, stress, money, etc., etc., and what they did was just got out the door and ran a bit more and a bit harder, etc., etc. So, you know, it's it's something I've kind of been looking at and I, I've just feel like I've I've moved in a direction whereby over the the course of five or six years, four or five years, I've I've learned I've learned how to extract good results out of my body. But actually, when I look at the training I did a long, long time ago, I I think it's actually on Sweat Elite website, and I I've I've taken a lot of time off, and you know I make this comeback to athletics and. I think it's 2017 and I train for London Marathon and um, I, I lose quite a lot of weight. And if you look at the training I did for that race, it's probably on paper a lot better, a lot more volume, etc., etc., than I've done for, you know, maybe even some of these races like recently. Now, if I ever published it, which I didn't and I haven't, if I ever published my training for London 2016 when I tried to make the Olympics, that was by far the most I've ever done. You're looking at six or seven weeks, all up around 115 to 125 miles a week. Um, and so what's kind of happened in the the past probably two, three, four years, probably two, three years, is the emotional investment the stress the the energy the application it it's gone up because i've taken myself the altitude i i've you know really figured out my lifestyle and and there's you know much less drinking much less partying much um earlier earlier to bed and and even thinking about bed you know you're you're looking at meditating before bed journaling before bed you're the the input has gone up quite significantly in terms of um, emotional investment, stress investment, energy investment, but actually the amount of running you're doing or I'm doing has gone down, you know, perhaps even 20 to 30 percent to that first ever marathon build up in 2016. And then likely if I were to look back, I, I've, I've never counted, um, but I know for that marathon in 2017, when I started the build up at like 82 or 83 kilograms, Got myself down to 76 and ran 217, I think, 10 to 12 weeks after standing on a rugby pitch in Belfast. January 18th or something was my last rugby game or January 13th, something like that. And then, you know, three months later, four months later to go to London and run 217. It was phenomenal. But if you look at it, I think the training... And the amount of training, the volume of training, the intensity of training was bang on with Scott Overall to train for that marathon. And so the the point I'm trying to make is it's okay to focus on all the little 0% and 1%, 0.1s, 0.2s, half a percent. But if, like, this is the example I was going to give. If you're running around in circles for three weeks, four weeks trying to find 
the right pair of shoes to race in and you're not getting the fucking training done it ain't gonna make a shit of difference and it's the same with all the little things you know the almond butters the smoothies the chia seeds the manuka honey the epsom bath they all they all help but don't forget what they're helping they're helping you get the bulk of training done and if you're not getting the bulk of training done you know if you've ran a six mile run instead of doing a 10 mile run you probably don't even need the epsom bath and that's i'm not i'm by no means suggesting don't do the little things it's important to do the little things but don't forget the bread and butter the running the training the mileage the intensity etc etc don't forget to get the main bulk of training done and that was the mistake i made for the olympics i i focused on all these little percents all the little little things and they were all in a great place but the problem is if the fitness isn't there it doesn't matter how healthy you are how like you know how great your sleep's been and all the rest of it, it that's all amazing but if you haven't been doing the work it's just kind of irrelevant so look we're down to those last few days before marathons um i guess this is kind of this is like the business end of preparation so you know this is when you can hopefully you've got the bulk of work done and you can start narrowing down on those little percents and um getting a good routine and and you know sleeping good and one of the pieces of advice i'd probably give is um tidy up your your house tidy up your apartment um declutter a little bit i always feel like if you can tidy things up and declutter it means when you're walking around daily life over these next few days week whatever it is you just you're just a lot happier and content in life when things are nice and tidy and clean and and i feel like you know if you you leave shit around and you trip over it or first of all you don't want to get any injuries like that but but even if you do just trip over something you get all pissy and you get all annoyed and it can just wind you up a bit and then maybe you go for your run and you run too fast and so i'd suggest really cleansing a little bit and you can kind of do that with your body too like you can eat good and um, sleep good and make sure you're on top of your hydration and and all this kind of stuff um for me personally today i went to marks and spencers i bought a lot of really good food um a lot of fish um salads fruits um this is this is kind of i guess when i say business end it's when i try i'm basically over the next week you can probably gain half a kilo or you can lose half a kilo pound weight maybe one to two pounds you can you in that last week 10 days you can you can probably gain even a kilogram one to two pounds of weight or like i said you can kind of go the opposite way so if you can lose a pound versus gaining a pound it it's actually two pounds in a very interesting way in a very simple mathematic way so look i try to knuckle down on the nutrition um i i think that helps for me personally it it helps reinforce discipline it takes discipline to hammer down the nutrition um i also look at making sure i'm fueled for runs so in the in the general training build-up for months i kind of i'm not that fussy because i don't really care if i feel like garbage on a run if that makes sense so but my nutritionist said two hours before a run bowl of porridge 
30 minutes before the run, have a banana or half a banana, whatever you fancy. So in the last 10 days, I'll try to stick to that. And then it means that there shouldn't be... I'm giving myself every chance to feel good on runs and to recover well from runs. And I think that's important in those last 10 days because you start to read into things a bit too much. And so there's no point, you know, for example, a week ago I did a run and this is the only reason I asked the nutritionist. I think it, I think with 40 minutes to go to the run, I had a cup of tea and four chocolate hobnobs. And basically what happens is you get a, you get a big energy spike because of all the sugar. My super sapiens thing in my arm told me this. So you get this big spike and then you get this massive decline. And if you start the run on the decline, the decline goes even further right right down so your energy levels go way way down and i kind of it was a familiar feeling for me i've been going on double runs and feeling like shit and like sweating and stuff and kind of being like what the fuck like like why am i like sweating profusely here like actually about a year ago or whenever i started that medication six months ago i actually thought it was the medication like i'd feel dizzy and i'd be running at like 7 30 pace and i'd be like oh my god like what is wrong with me and and it's funny because the reason I, I sent the data from the super sapiens to the nutritionist was because I I told her, explain to me how last Sunday I have a cup of coffee, half a banana, and I go do 20 mile at 5.15 and my energy is constant throughout, 80, 90, sitting lovely. Um, and then all of a sudden on a double run, you know, I've had all day, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I, I have this cup of tea and these hobnobs and I expect to feel great and, and I feel shite and the energy goes down to like 50. And and so she explained the sugar spike. So look, starting to narrow in on the, the little things, you know, I, I might even have a couple of ice baths here or there. Um, I did my last tougher gym session yesterday. I've kind of neglected gym, which isn't the greatest thing in the world but I did want to prioritize mileage and I'm pretty greedy in the gym and I often lift a bit too much so I didn't want to be jumping in the gym too much and then be tired for the mileage um so yeah so looking at the little things I'm doing yoga every night um not not a huge amount no no massive pressure on that but just just want to open my body up a little bit so I I kind of I just do a little routine I've uploaded on Instagram in the past. It's not it's not a difficult routine. It's not tough. It, but it does open the body up a bit, and it does let me see perhaps where there's little bits of tightness and and any areas that might need a bit of attention, physio and massage. Um, I suppose a topic that I'm I don't want to push, but I'm gonna try not tapering that much. Um, I guess, I guess I'm never sure with a taper what to do. Like sometimes I've tapered quite a lot. I tapered a lot for London. And even though I ran really well, I didn't feel good. It was really hard work. And I felt like my fitness had dropped significantly since I did the half marathon last year. And when I look at the half marathon as that's the that's the best I have ever felt ever, on the start line in the race etc etc felt amazing really powerful. Um, it's not that I didn't taper, 
I just didn't decide to race until about eight days to go. And so I come back from from altitude, up at altitude, the 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 emphasis was was mileage, was ten mile run in the morning, ten to twelve miles in the morning, five miles at night, ten to twelve in the morning, five miles at night. So I get up, I travel on the Saturday, I get back to London, I go for a twelve mile run that Saturday night. Even though I'm just off the plane, didn't care, 12 mile run. The next day, 20 mile. On the Monday, 11 mile, 5 mile. On the Tuesday is when I did this like 12 mile tempo and, and I think I averaged like 4.55. Like It's like amazing. I feel amazing. I feel really, really good. And I decide that day. No, I don't. I haven't even decided yet actually. I'm lying. Um, I decide that day I'm really fit, right? So I'm really excited about my fitness. The next day, I do 80 minutes in the morning, 5 mile that night, and I think I decide on the Thursday, okay, I'm going to race Larn, right? So, you're talking Thursday, Friday, you're talking 9 days before I decide I'm going to race Larn. So, then what I do on the Thursday is just a couple of runs, I think 40 and 40, something like that. Friday, I do a lighter session, but still a decent session, I think it's like it's pretty much 5k but I'm doing 400 hard 200 float and then a four mile tempo so it's still seven mile of volume still a pretty decent session actually still a really good session um, and then on the Saturday this is when the taper starts Saturday seven days before rest day Sunday instead of two hours 60 minutes Monday instead of like 10 mile and five mile 40 minutes right so what I'm saying is, it's not that I don't taper. I just don't really start the taper until like seven days before maybe. And and that's a lot different from like the traditional like two to three weeks. And I'm not suggesting it's right or wrong. Like there's no, there's no real right or wrong answer here. Um, I just know that on the start line of Larn... And when the gun goes, I feel amazing. Feel like a million bucks. But then, between Larne and London, which is only three weeks, right? I've tapered for seven days going into Larne, is a week. I have to recover from Larne. Basically costs me about another three or four days. Then I get back into full training for about Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Five days. Then I have to take three rest days because of my quad. And then I'm pretty much tapering for London. And what happened was, is in those three to four weeks, like, the fitness just drops. Of course, of course it's not going to drop in a week. You can, you can start tapering that seven to ten days before. And when you get to the start line, the fitness won't have really dropped. But all of a sudden, if you've tapered for one race, so that's... Four weeks before London is pretty much when I started my taper because of Larne. Whereas had I not been racing Larne, it, the volume probably would have stayed pretty high for another probably two to two and a half weeks, maybe up to like 10 days to go. So what I'm basically saying is until probably next Monday, I'll pretty much be full training. Not like think, think volume is one part of your training, how much running you're doing. Then intensity, how hard are you running, is the second part. 
And the third part is how many times per week are you training? Okay. So if a full week for me is in this build up, let's say a hundred miles, right? That's the volume. Um, plus two bike sessions. Okay. That's two hours on the bike. So a hundred miles, two hours on the bike. If you double four times a week, let's say five and you do gym twice, that's seven plus seven other runs, which is your daily running. That's 14. You're training 14 times per week. And then obviously intensity is how hard you're actually training. But if, if from like two to three weeks before you drop the volume to 70 and you get rid of the bike, you cut the number of times per week you're training from 14 down to, you know, nine. Basically, you only double twice and then you train once a day all the other time. And then you take away part of the intensity. That's too much, right? You're taking you're taking away too much and you cannot expect that fitness to just last forever because like who decides how long fitness lasts you know what i mean if you've if you've built all this fitness it's kind of like cooking your dinner like how long do you think it's going to stay warm for it can't stay warm forever and that's the same as fitness you can't you can't keep that level of fitness forever and actually so look i'm not saying it's right or wrong i've seen i've seen how the africans taper and it's very little. Like the stuff I've seen on Kipchoge, you're you're looking at five days before the race maybe is the first time that they, they alter their training. As in like race day Sunday, like Tuesday. Tuesday's a little bit different. But actually, almost everything else stays the same until literally the Tuesday before the race. Now, I'm not saying I'm Kipchoge. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. I'm just trying to learn from the day of Larn when I felt really, really good and probably to Wednesday to Thursday to Friday to Saturday for 11 days before Larn, I did 12 miles at 4.55, which most people wouldn't dream of doing 11 days before a big race. But actually, I need to look at it and be like, do you know what? I think that really helped. And then the next day, 80.35. Now, 10 days before a big marathon or a big half, there's not many people doing 80 minutes in the morning and then 35 that night. And that's... I'm not... I could be wrong. I could get this wrong. And and I don't mind that. That's okay. But I look at London and I struggled. You know, I might have ran a quick time, but it, it felt terrible. And I, my fitness didn't feel good. And, and I really felt like that was a struggle. I think there was an even bigger result in me had I, if I didn't have to recover from the half and had I not had to rest the quad, I think London would have been better. Um, and then I'm looking at the Olympics. You know, what an example of a, of a, like a big taper, the, the final five weeks. And I felt awful. It felt like hard work from the gun. And so I'm just looking at it and i'm I'm looking at some of the sessions I've done recently where I have not tapered at all. I mean you're looking at I did twenty miles at five fifteen and i'm not I'm not trying to brag about that, but I'd done a bloody i think I ran seventeen mile on the Friday double session day fartlek in the morning progress run that night sixty minutes on the Saturday morning hard bike session at nine thousand feet on the Saturday night, and then on Sunday go do twenty miles. 
I feel tired, but actually I felt pretty good. I probably felt better than it did on the start line of London or Tokyo. Now, I'm obviously not running the same speeds, but I wouldn't expect myself to run the same speeds. Hard bike session the night before, you know, hard session on the Friday, progression run Friday night. Like, I don't expect the speed to be the same, but I think the balance is somewhere in the middle. I think somewhere in the middle, you can taper enough to make sure your body is fresh. You want to freshen up. There's no doubt about it. But I think sometimes we run this risk of tapering a little bit too much. And basically, all the hard work you've done, all the training you've done, and then, like the example I used, you stand on the start line and your dinner's cold. That's that's about as simple as I could make it. So, that's what I'm going to try. Um, now, in terms of the actual taper, I'm still going to wake up next Monday. Sunday, I'm going to do like 12 mile instead of 20. Monday, I'm going to do 50 minutes instead of 70 and 50. I'm still going to taper. I'm just not going to start tapering yet. I'm not going to like, you know, I think the session that I had planned for Friday was something like eight times two minutes, five times one minute. So like 21 minutes of like intense training whereas actually on friday tomorrow or saturday maybe i'm actually going to do a pretty fucking decent hour of running where i'm where i'm kind of pushing like i did before lauren um and and i'll likely then do that smaller fartlek session maybe like sunday um and so it'll probably be it'll probably be something like that where i and then instead of like jogging for 40 minutes i'm gonna run like 40 in the morning, 40 at night. So I'm not I'm not going to go mad. I'm not like going to go overboard. I'm not going to go, you know, zero to hero or anything like that. But I'm just not going to strip all the training away too soon and then I think I'll likely start to lose a bit of fitness cuz it's still like what day is it? Like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five. It's it's 12 days away. <laughs> like look you and I both know, everyone listening knows, you can do a good session on a Tuesday, and then almost two weeks later, if you haven't done much running, you feel like shit, you feel terrible, you feel garbage, you train awful, so I don't understand why I would do it for a marathon, it it should really be no different, Um, so look, that's, that's just an observation, it's an observation of what some of these other athletes are doing, these athletes that are, you know, continuously performing at a really high level, it's an observation of what I literally did before Larn and felt absolutely amazing because of it. And the way I see it is, I haven't had a great year. Larn did not go great. The Olympics went worse. So what have I got to lose? I have nothing to lose. I can use this year as, as a learning curve for, for you know what I do next year. If it turns out and I don't run well at Boston and I feel tired... Well, I'll know next time, like, shit, maybe that wasn't the answer, but that's okay, like, you live and you learn, and, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm gonna do, so, oh, shit, it's seven five fifteen, and I need to eat my banana, because that's what the nutritionist said, two hours before, bowl of porridge, 30 minutes before, eat your banana, so, I'm gonna go and eat my banana, if you guys are racing, good luck, I I hope I don't need to say it, but don't fuck up the first six miles. 
when you start to feel good, if you don't fuck up the first five or six miles and you start to feel good, eight, nine, ten, don't push too hard too soon. Just enjoy it. Just smile. Feel that your body's excited about the rest of the race. Normally, my body wakes up about mile four or five. It takes a few miles to get going. And then it usually wakes up. And then the the hardest part of the race is holding back between like mile eight to mile 14, maybe. Now, I have to say, in London, that was not the case at all. Like, I swear to God, and I'm not even trying to make myself sound amazing. I felt tragic from the gun. Honestly, tragic. It's mad from like mile eight, I'm thinking one mile at a time. <laughs> now, because I was fit and because like like you're not, even if, if you run 6108 three weeks before and you lose quite a chunk of fitness, you're still very, very fit. And obviously I had done pretty good training in the build-up for months. So it got me round, but it felt awful. So look, sensible first few miles start to find your rhythm, start to get into a good rhythm, but don't do anything until 18, 18 to 21. And I I give myself permission around about mile 16 to 18 to start to really start focusing. But I still don't really pick the pace up. I just I just realize to keep the same pace, I'm going to have to start focusing a lot more and then pretty much from 2021 you're just you're just racing, it's a dogfight. Something Gary Locke said to me up in Font Rameau, I complained, we were doing a track session, and I complained that I wasn't used to, you know, being out of breath, I wasn't used to working hard, and I said, all this marathon stuff, I've just learned to be really comfortable, and he said, why the fuck do you want to be comfortable, Scully? Do you think Paula was comfortable when she ran her world record? And then he just cycled off. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. Um, and, and you know what? Maybe that's why London was so hard. Because I just fucking put myself out there and, and kind of neglected comfort zones and, and, and just raced. Raced hard from the gun. I think I was running at like 207 pace for like five or six miles. So it's no wonder I was fucking tired. But look, get out there. Run controlled. And then second half, maybe even later in the second half, you know, just fucking race. Take the gloves off. Literally see yourself. I'm sure you've seen um, in, I guess, the movie Kickboxer. And I love it. There's two parts of Kickboxer I love. I love when he's kicking the tree and the guy says, kick the tree. And he says, oh, you want me to kick the tree? (laughs) I'll kick the tree. That's a great scene. But also a great scene is when he cuts the gloves off. The gloves that have the... Um, broken up glasses in them and he, he gets them, he cuts them off and then he just goes back to his roots and he just fights bare knuckled. So, look, gloves off, bare knuckle, get home. Alright guys, look, good luck. I appreciate you listening as always and I hope you gain something insightful. Um, if not, shit happens I suppose. Alright, bye bye.